0: This is Limitless Possibility, I'm Yannick Magna. And I'm Luc-Olivier Dumeblé. And we're back after almost two months, so what's our topic this week? The dread
1: of digital assets management.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I like how camouflage this is to avoid <laughs> making it look like it's another photo episode. Real, real nice. I
1: knew you would enjoy this camouflage topic, but yes baby, we're talking about photography yet again.
0: Yeehaw. That's the only way to start, back from the hiatus. It's true. Uh, but first, you have something you'd like to share.
1: Yes. So uh, I'm starting this week's episode with news literally that left me uh, devastated. My amazing friend and official friend of the show, uh, Chuck Schneider, suddenly passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's kind of funny because uh, Chuck and I had an amazing relationship outside of work too. He kind of always kind of jokingly called me his work son, like when people said they'd have a work partner. Uh, but yeah, so, so yes, it's uh, pretty hard news. Uh, he was an ex-colleague. Uh, he left a couple uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, but throughout the years, he became a mentor, but first and foremost, an amazing friend. Uh, and now he's gone. So it's uh, really hard. It was a hard moment during the artist, and it still is. So uh, in the name of this podcast and of Yannick and I, uh, I send our uh, deepest condolences to his wife, Jane, and it's $2, Maddie and Simone. And for sure, everybody is close or far to him. I know he he had an amazing impact to everybody around him. So Chuck, you were... You are, and you'll always be, an official Limopol friend of the show.
0: The friend of the show.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. The friend of the show. Next up, I do have some follow-ups. Surprisingly enough... Yannick has no follow-up this week. So I was surprised. <laughs> We're gone for two months. And Yannick has nothing. But I do. And again, it's uh, pretty quick. So uh, we have a tendency to uh, bring up games that are available on Stadia. And I guess, again, every time I talk about video games this this year, I kind of tease my um, the content of my notes for the uh, Game of the Year episode. I'm not saying this game is a Game of the Year. I'm uh, <coughs> spoiler alert. But... Uh, I'll have a tweet in the show notes from Farming Simulator oh, no. where they say that you can play Farming Simulator 2022 oh, on Stadia, no. uh, with their, with the click to play feature of Google Stadia. So if you ever wanted to try Farming Simulator, now's your chance, uh, and you can click on the tweet in the show notes and just go try it in a web browser via google studio technology
0: so it joins uh, resident evil village as one of two games with these kinds of demos that we still haven't tried
1: agreed i haven't <laughs> tried resident evil now that you mentioned it <laughs> awesome <laughs> oh yes yes and again i didn't try this demo because i own the game so i don't really need it but That's yeah true. but i could have tried it just for the sake of talking about it but again uh i don't have that much to say about the game i'll keep that for our uh, end of the year episode about gaming Okay, now let's jump into the main topic that is photo management or uh, what I'd like to call <clears throat> a topic in opening at the digital asset management. Uh, but. The TLDR, and I guess we can start with this, is yes, Yannick is right. Uh, this is part three of me talking about my photographic journey uh, in this podcast. And I kind of wanted to separate this episode in three parts. Yes, in the previous two episodes, we did talk briefly about some of the photo management aspect. But I think the most important part were about me kind of renewing Having a renewed focus, putting more energy into going out and taking pictures and figuring out and not trying to buy hardware and I bought hardware and all of that fun stuff. So today, uh, I guess, sorry, but there's going to be less of that. Um, we'll have a small bit of where what happened in the past five months because when you'll hear my beloved uh, voice, it will have been five months since our last uh, episode about photography because uh, my part two episode was released on April 11th. Uh, next, after that, we'll have a great discussion about photography management because guess what? In the past six months, I've taken a shit ton of pictures and... Not having a system, and I guess, there I have, dare I say that I still don't have a system? Who I guess does we'll really? see. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm hesitant to say that I have a system, because it seems that it is a process. It, like, having no process is having a process in my book for this, but, again i'm kind of teasing the rest of the episode and last up like i always like to do in those because uh photography is full of different aspects especially uh these days so i kind of want to talk about uh what i envision the next few months to be uh and talk a bit about that so let's start about the updates since the last episode which was episode 181 so what are you buying um uh, as I mentioned in previous follow up section I did end up buying some stuff uh especially uh, for example the Fujifilm X100S but I already discussed that uh but the main the main aspect that happened is I've went out a lot uh in the past few months meaning that I've spent a lot of my personal time Try to take some uh, photography. And I mentioned that a local store uh, here in the Montreal uh, region uh, were offering lessons and also uh, photo outings. And since the last few months, I've been enjoying mainly their uh, photo outings. So, just to give you a general idea of the type, let's put it this way the type of photography I've experienced throughout um, these photo outings, I've done street photography. I've done the safari photo. I've done travel photography, which is kind of similar to street photography, but still. I've done a couple of astrophotography events, uh, night photography, macro photography, and uh, night, uh, night and architecture uh, photography. And I think one of the main aspects I really enjoy, oh, I'm, and I'm missing one theme that was, uh, I don't know why I forgot to write it in my notes, but it was, um, it was, canine talent show uh, so with a different store I've attended uh, a, I've attended a, a dog park uh, and a dog training ground where they do a lot of uh, talent shows and talent activities uh, with dogs so it was pretty fun and that allowed me to practice more of the action aspect of photography but the general idea behind those activity is they helped me at- I do not say achieve, but I think they helped me improve on two goals I had. They helped me work on two goals I had if we go back to when I wanted to spend more time, like do more photography. The first one is, yes, building technical skills. So a couple of examples I've learned how to do. And you could say that, you know what, like I could have just watched a couple of YouTube videos, which I also did. But one of the aspects I wanted to do part of these past few months is to when i learn something new i want to put it in practice which was really something i liked about those photo things is you learn something on the spot like today part of either night photography will do light trails in the city so we find a spot we stay there we learn a bit of the techniques and then we can just have fun at that spot or in different spots throughout the three hour walk around in the Montreal, downtown Montreal that we had where we just practice night photography and also light trail because in these moments we can play with that. Um, so it was really fun because I've acquired more skills and I was in preparation for this episode. I was listening to a lot of what I was saying in the past episode and because Yannick made an, an, a, a a fun but important uh, more, uh, comment about a lot of what I was saying in the previous episodes. And it was to say, like, you were telling me that I was focusing a lot on the on the technical and the scientific side of photography. Mm-hmm. But what I was trying to explain, and I tried to explain that episode too, was to say, in the end, what I want is I could just, like like just press the button and shoot pictures and then end up with 50 that I have to triage and then find one or two pictures I really enjoyed. But in the end, I didn't really understand what was needed to capture that moment in a certain way. So I wanted to build those techniques and shortcuts so that let's say I go in traveling, not tomorrow, but in the future, and I see a nice foreground and background area in the middle of the city at night, and I see, oh, there's a lot of cars passing by and things like that. And it would really make for a good scenery of light trails plus having a good background for those light trails that is this, let's say, I don't know, we're visiting Rome, for example. So at that moment, it's not the time to say, oh, let me go on YouTube or let me go on web blogs to figure out how to properly do light trails and also configure them on my camera. (laughs) So the the stakes are really low right now not because i don't like montreal and it's because i if i fucked up there's not an inherent cost to me fucking up and i let's be honest i did a lot and I, i've learned a lot through that but now i'm able to i say now but i think it's this is a, con- a constant journey but i think the place i've seen the most improvement is now with those sometimes i just walk around, or we do an activity with friends, walking the park, and I see water. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a fountain. We could do, like, like glass stop because we do a long exposure, so the the water becomes kind of glass and have nice reflection on it. So now I know, oh, I can already think about techniques like this to have a different composition in my picture and have a different aspect of just like you take a picture and you go away. Um, Related to that, I have a little, like I mentioned, like long exposure from uh, of fountains and uh, falls and things like that, and also the impact of the ND filter that uh, the X100S has as on lights in general and what you can play with it. So yes, a lot of technical aspect, but in the end, a lot of here are the impact, the pos- the the possible, but the out the artsy output of the composition output that I want to do in those the second goal that I don't, again those two I don't want to consider achieve but I felt that they've seen a lot of improvements is that attending a lot of those different themed sessions allowed me to experience different types of photography yes my goal at first was to say okay you know what like when we go travel I like to take a lot of pictures and things like that but I realized that by doing a lot of different type of team's uh, activities, there's skills and just, you kind of find your own your your own sense your own taste of what do I enjoy in photography in the end, I do think that I'll end up with more techniques, but I want to kind of start to f- and I guess that's bec- that came from a lot of me watching a lot of YouTube videos but, I digress for a sec is, let's say I want to go out on a walk. But it's more kind of like I go out and I bring a camera. What do me, Luco, want to be not I don't want to say recognized for, but like what do I want to take when I go wanna go out? Like what what is kind of my evasion type of photography? Again, all of that I'm trying to say is what's my style, right? And I don't want to make it like fully fancy artistic y uh type of comparison. But in the end that's kind of like the second goal is yes I want to bring back better travel photos when I next time we go travel or even if we just go on the, on the hike during a weekend uh, for a couple of days I still close by but at the same time I just kind of discovered that there are types of photography that I could just go and I like to go just enjoy and do as an activity for the sake of doing that as an activity and others um, that you know what I, I, I like the experience I realized, too, that I'll need to practice more for maybe practice more, put more energy into it so that right now they kind of feel more like a burden. I think a good example of that is astrophotography. I think it's pretty hard, per se, to do good astrophotography. Um, And I'm not trying. It sounds like I'm saying, you know what, because it's hard, I don't like it. Yes and no, I guess we're well, kind of the...
0: It, it, it's just the fact that at lower skill levels, it has very low return on investment. It's only when you actually start being good at it reliably that it actually starts paying off.
1: Uh Yeah, no, I uh, I think the the sentence you just mentioned about the level of investment and the return on investment is completely like you need to invest a lot and not just in equipment oh definitely i meant time time as well yeah 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 i would even say more on that first than equipment yeah uh versus um versus and i'm not trying to downplay street photography because it is something i I don't wanna say discovered, but I, I think it is a style of photography that is to me I feel pretty authentic, like you're really close to the realities of strangers. Uh that has that as something pretty yeah, something pretty authentic. But again, to capture that, to me it's pretty Uh, I I feel bad saying that, but I feel... I don't want to say it's like technique-less, but it's kind of technique-less. It's more like focusing on composition, and that's the hard part and things like that, but compared to things like astrophotography, yeah. Uh, I don't put them on the same level, that's for sure.
0: Less technical requirements, let's say, but not necessarily without technique. You're correct, you're correct. That's a better
1: way of saying what I was trying to say. So yeah, so I would say just kind of on the on the philosophical side of my whole journey that is those this third episode that's kind of where i kind of i am at i've done a lot of walking a lot of activities i am not planning to stop uh, i'm kind of spoiling the uh, what's next section but i know one and i'm one that i was supposed that, that that got canceled because of weather which was uh outside portraiting um and outside portrait and how to use outside light light that you control less and i have uh, so that's got cancelled sadly but i was really excited by this uh themed activity and the other one that i have in december which is literally like studio portrait and um those are bringing different challenges and will i ever do f- like studio portrait after this activity I don't know, but I'm really happy that I'll be able to do that. And it's like, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it again because it's in December. So it's like far away uh, already. But the idea is I feel right now in my journey, and that's why I'll conclude what happened in the past few months, as is I feel in my journey is I'm more into this exploration phase and I don't feel I'm at the end of it yet. I'm closer to where I would have said maybe three, four months ago. But I'm really trying right now to kind of be a jack of all trades, like figure out different style, different like type of photography, play with all of them, like hit the wall with the techniques, see what I like, see what I don't like before I kind of like make a more conscious decision that, hey, you know what? I'll try to not put myself in a situation where I have do bird photography just for the sake of trying bird photography. So I don't want to put those barriers just yet. I don't think I'll put them soon. But I slowly but surely see what I like and what I don't like about certain type of photography. And I'm like slowly but surely building those barriers, which I think in the end will become a bit of a style plus... ...some favorite type, style of or type of photography that I enjoy doing. So yeah, so that's mainly what has been happening in the past five months. Um, the other part, which is the main topic for today, is... ...as you have seen uh, with this kind of small introduction about what I've been doing... ...all of these activities have generated a shit ton of photos... And even in the past episodes, I've mentioned multiple times that I was dreading this subject because I was never, I would say never really good at it. I think I, it was one aspect of photography and digital photography to make it clear here that I not—I was about to say that I don't care, but it's not that I don't care, but I feel it's more of a burden. Like, that's why I use the word dread. That's like, oh no, now I need to sit in front of the computer and do that and as um let's not kid ourselves like here one of the main goals i had to wit doing more photography is be less inside be less in front of the computer to have an activity a social outing where sometimes it might not be social because i'm just doing it alone but I'm still out of the house, not in front of a screen, more or less. That was also something I I don't think I've mentioned in the past episode, but that I did add as a goal for this. So first, we end up where I took a lot of pictures. And previously, so historically speaking, I've been an avid Apple photo product fan or user, so... I think throughout this podcast history, Yannick and I have mentioned our love for Aperture. Even did a whole episode about it. Uh, I see. I forgot we did, but we did. Um, yeah, let's put it this way. I, I forgot how many times. I, sh- I should look at the line and see how many times we've mentioned Aperture
0: <laughs> in the last six months. Aperture and Flickr has come up a lot in the last six months.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I know you miss Flickr. Um, I don't want to talk too much about social this episode unless you have some... some Again, I don't have that much notes prepared for this in this episode, but uh, I guess the TLDR of that right now is I've been enjoying Glass, the new uh, photo social network. I have another social network for another team or another type of photography that I want to talk too much today about that I want to also visit. But I know those those don't offer the same... Community tools that Flickr used to offer uh and I'm not eager, but i'm curious to see if people will pick it up because again a lot of of this community aspect right now for me is sadly happening yet again in Facebook groups <laughs> not ideal, but that's the only tool a lot of people that are maybe less technically savvy have in their uh tool set so they use it that everywhere but uh, again the place where i did the uh the the dog talent show picture uh they have a facebook group only for people from that store that take their lessons so it's a private group so you know also that they also vet i have a couple of rooms i think they say like no more than 15 pictures per day per people, per person so that you don't end up spamming. But what was nice is even if they don't offer kind of a, the main instructor offer like of a on the spot, like photo review part in the session, like the goal was say, hey, in a couple of days, post a, post your, decide which picture you want to post, but please post a couple of pictures so the other participant can see what people, how people have interpreted uh, those, this theme this from this session and also uh, one thing that i really enjoyed from that instructor is she had um, challenges for us to make so for example there was like a photo of a a dog portrait or in a dog and owner portrait Uh, they have some um, sense of movement pictures where and that one was really hard where you move your camera the same you try to move your camera at the same speed as the subject is moving so that the subject is sharp in focus, but the background is blurry and using like short shutter speed. Man, this one was really hard, <laughs> really hard. I think I like I came back from this event with 600, 700 pictures, photos. And I think like half of them was just me trying to get to this goal. <laughs> so, So yeah, so that was pretty hard. But I really enjoyed this aspect where not only on top of the theme proposed by the instructor there was challenges to try to achieve the part of that so and it was nice because at uh, part of the day and not part of the morning she would like stop oh you know what like if you want to try this challenge like come see me I'll give you a quick like a quick lesson of how you try to achieve it Uh, and then things like that so closing the tangent on a social network all of those activities end up creating shit ton of pictures and throughout the recent years one of the main problem i add with apple photos is i have a sense or an urgency even a discomfort see i'm trying to find the right objective a discomfort <laughs> of polluting my photo library I don't want to say a star rating, but let's say for us, for the sake of conversation, that I kind of don't want to see my. I don't want to lose them. I don't want to destroy them. Maybe that's part of the problem too. We can do this uh, part of. The, we can do that as part <laughs> of this, the therapy of me having a poor photo management. But I do have a sense that a I don't want to this to delete any pictures, but some of the photos I've taken that I don't feel they're great, but I still want to possibly reference in a couple of years because even right now more than ever because i'm in this learning journey that i want to see my past mistakes and not just to, to, to be like oh look how bad you are but no it's like hey i want to see the improvement so i want to keep those photos but i still don't want them to pollute my main quote-unquote timeline that is my photo library in apple cloud apple photo uh, iCloud photo because again uh, you're listening to our podcast so you're not surprised that i am full like iphone ipad apple apple devices so it's really important for me that i don't want to say i was about to say the source of truth but i think it's more like the end place the place where i always look for pictures it shall be in apple photos
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether there's multiple steps to get there or not, that's a different thing. But if I look at the past years where I, which there's a lot of neglect, I have I kinda want to be able to go to all pictures and then scroll and then see more or less not all the pictures, but all the important pictures from my life. So starting with that in mind, you can and by the way, Nick, you can interrupt me whenever you want.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I was just wondering, like, I, it's not sh- clear to me if this is a therapy session where you want help with your photo management problems or if you're going to tell me your solution to the photo management problems. Um,
1: remember about 10 minutes ago when I was saying that I was describing two goals and I didn't want to say I achieved them, but I felt I was progressing in my journey. Okay this is the type of episode where you're I will seeking tell-
0: feedback for what you've come up with basically
1: yes uh yes that's a hundred percent but i also want to share because i feel that i don't think i'm the only one because again we had a couple of conversations throughout the past few months about this uh privately and let's say you did reference oh, but you know like this person like this popular podcaster does this too you know like oh Okay, so I guess what I was thinking to do as solution A is not that crazy. Um, But yeah, so going. uh, Did you have another. Like, now that you better understand what's the goal of this episode, did you have to make a comment or something?
0: No, I don't have any intervention right now. Okay, (laughs) perfect.
1: Wow, now I can imagine you that you invite me at your place and then I enter your apartment and there's a big, like, (laughs) intervention. Luko, you have a problem. But. That's okay, uh but yeah, so now that we have set this, where I want to keep a lot of, pic- of photos i want I want the important one describing my life events, which might include just randomly walking in a park and taking pictures, and oh the like those three pictures out of twenty are amazing, so I want to keep them in my quote unquote portfolio that is apple photos, and I put portfolio in utterly like bold quotes don't take it really seriously but that's kind of what i'm trying to say is i want it to be my life portfolio not my photography portfolio uh, apple photo one of the few problems i've ran into is a lot of those events would generate pictures that or photos that right now i don't deem really important like uh I've been struggling to introduce a star system or a like system. I think one of the main comments you mentioned is for sure you should have at least an Apple Photos like the photo you really like. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, you were saying, correct me if I'm wrong, you were saying that it, you felt that it impacted the memories algorithm.
0: It's not the memories algorithm, because I don't really use memories that much. It's whenever you use any of the views that are not all photos in the main photos view. Uh, so you have year, you have month, and you oh, have yes. day, I think, or days-ish. Yeah. Yes, you do. Um, well, those will prioritize photos that you have liked, and will usually use things around the photos you have liked as sort of guidance for like, oh, this is a moment that is worth promoting in this view uh so generally i have found quite a bit of value in adding favorites to photos in uh photos.app
1: good so that is one thing that i've started to do more recently is when photos end up in apple photos i'll go through a pass of saying okay those i like like again let's put it this way if i were to put the star system like usually i'd say the the three to five, even in some people, you say, like, you should have like 10, five star pictures in your lifetime because those are the best of your portfolio. I'm not really there on defining if I were to have a star system for my photos, what each star would mean. And ultimately, uh, who
0: cares? It's your library. <laughs> True. Uh, I
1: agree, but again, uh, this is a topic that that part of, of photo management is a topic where everybody has its own opinion and it's i guess true. there's 10 person 10 people and there's 10 different opinions about it so it's kind of sometimes hard to not, i don't want to say listen to but like if you want to build your own opinion like figure out other people's opinion and then kind of build your own so yeah you oh know, that makes sense it's pretty hard when 10 people have 10 different opinions mm-hmm. but i digress so i've started to do that uh I do have a lot of catch up to do, Uh, let's say 15 years of photos to catch up, because one thing I've recently realized is if you didn't do that too much with the star rating in iPhoto, uh, then you're stuck, right? Because you need to do it. But at least I tried to now do it with everything that end up in Apple Photo.
0: And, like, every photo I had in Aperture before I did the Switch had star ratings, and somewhere I lost them. So I don't know what happened to those. Um,
1: I thought I had more than what I end up finding, but I discovered that your star rating gets transformed into a, a keyword. or a key, Yes. Yeah. A keyword. And then when I look at my five stars, like, there's... Or not my five star, but even let's say my four star, because I remember at that time I was like, four star is like everything I really like. Five star is like amazing, in my opinion, at that time. And then the rest was the rest. But there wasn't that much photos with those keywords. So I was like, okay, something maybe got lost into translation. Who knows? So that's, I think that's problem number one. I think I was kind of like, okay, uh, I need to clean it up, but I think I already gave up on cleaning it up, which is part of the problem but i think at least i'm saying let's not create more technical debt. so the new stuff has to work with this where everything that ends up in the library needs to be liked if i liked it so that a it helps uh the uh the summarized views not the all view but the summarized view to work and b uh, one way that yannick recommended for me to enjoy the photos i've taken that they don't stay stuck in my library is to put the screen server on my iMac, which is in our living room, to be the favorite album, uh, which is which made me add more pictures to it and even Don't go back to... That's always cert- how it goes. <laughs> yes, which, which, which I think is good because there are yeah. certain photos I was like, oh yeah, I want them to show at some point. Uh, it has a downside though that sometimes you invite friends at home and you say, hey, look at this picture and then it's gone already. But... Mm. I digress I think the Apple TV one is a bit slower but ours is based on an album not uh, it's a shell album between Tony and 29 but I think this one goes a bit slower so I have to see if I can slow it down or figure it out but that's I guess tip number two based on your uh, not tip number two but uh, improvement number two uh, based on using likes in Apple flows is you then end up with your favorite album which can be used in multiple places.
0: The the thing I want to bring up is you mentioned that now you started liking things more so that it helps your summarized views and all of that. And the main thing that stands out to me that I don't know if you've explored is what if the timeline of your life is just the summarized view and you don't care so much about what's in your all photos?
1: I haven't explored that, but you're making a good point. Because it would require a lot less work. Yeah and one thing that i fixed recently because and i'm still having my old appetite because i realized um, somebody was asking a photo uh and i was like oh yeah it happened in 2018 all photos scrolled to back to a 2018 even yeah if part of some of the cleanup i've did recently that was i think it was a recommendation you also made if it's not you it's somebody else i maybe watch on youtube but you made a lot of recommendations um it, which is since 2012 I did not create any albums myself. Ah. So I went back to 2012 and came back up and then for a lot of the quote unquote big events on my life in my life, I've created albums. And it's pretty funny because I'm trying to open Apple Photo right now. Um so again, sorted of like I have a a group or a folder for each year, and then if I look at 2022 i think there is as much album as the last three or four years for sure pandemic 2020 2021 is uh, a bit more expected but like even like 2019 2018 and i think even 2017 yeah i think i have about 10 albums and i'm not even yeah one two three four five six yeah and 10, 12 albums only in 2022. And in 2019, 20, 20, 2018, and 2017, there's about 12 albums for those three years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Renewed focus means a lot of more pictures, but uh, I digress. So, one thing I really enjoy is, and I'm annoyed to break my muscle memory of going back in the Alls tab and just looking at Alls, but creating this meant I also have like clearer name. Yeah. So, you don't have to just look at small thumbnails and be like, Oh, yeah, it's about here, which even if I really enjoy this view of all the small thumbnails, it's amazing. But uh, I need to be better at this. And also one feature I really enjoy of Apple Photo, and you'll see why, because we'll talk about another software later, uh, is that in the ordered list of albums, you don't need to put a date to do proper sorting. So if I look right now at my 2022 album, uh, my first uh, album inside that folder is it has a name. So it was one of the Gosling photo uh, themed activity. But I know this one happened in April. And then the other one after it's another thing in April. But I don't need to say like 04 to, for it to be sorted correctly. Uh, it seems that Apple photo remembers as a specific like order ID hidden to you that when you reorder it remembers. I really love that. So you don't have to do dumb things. Uh, for that uh, for like date ordering so you kind of end up one of the things why i don't like doing that is because you more or less end up deduplicating the uh, metadata uh,
0: the one thing i will add though is that if you're sharing photos from applications in ios sometimes they display a flat album list that flattens out all of your folders so if you have like sub albums in a folder, they'll all be at the top level. So if you do that you lose the ordering because it's just sorting them alphabetically most of the time, which kind of sucks. Right. Um if you know an app that does that
1: I was okay. Yes, go publicly shame the developer so that they use the pH photo library picker it's the, like new, the new. Every messaging
0: picker. app yeah. ever.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I know what you're talking about. So but for a lot of them the solution to that is to Go via their share extension and from photos. And also by doing so, because a lot of them are shitty, they want to have access to your photo library. So you can skip that part too, which is pretty neat. So Although I've,
0: I've had terrible luck with share extensions recently and photos. I don't know what the deal is. Like, I think Discord is particularly bad or something. Sometimes it'll share a heek file and the th- the chat app doesn't know what a Heek file is, so it just kind of shows a blank file instead of an actual image, which mm-hmm. sucks. So uh, your mileage may vary with all of this because third-party apps suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I have that on the Mac where sometimes you do da- drag and drop. Like when you do drag and drop in the correct place on uh, Apple Follow, uh, the Mac version, uh, and then you drag and drop to Slack, it gives you a file and you're like, Oh no, but I don't want to eat because, because I don't want to share that to others. Please give me a JPEG. So I have to drag and drop to the desktop and then drag it to Slack so it gives you a JPEG, which
0: that's fun. Another but thing the- I like about uh, having my own manually created albums for events and stuff like that is that it also makes it really easy to drill down and share a subset of them. So usually, like when I come back from a Japan trip or whatever, I'll have like Japan trip 2019 and then I'll duplicate the album and create a version, which is the photos that I'm going to show to my family because there are a bunch of photos of random shit, nerd shit that they don't give a shit about that i'm not going to show them (laughs) so i remove all of those and then i create a copy of that one and then i do the ones that i can share publicly on the internet so i remove all the people who i know Uh, don't want their photos to be seen online so then i have those three levels and then i can just export the whole uh share to the internet album uh to jpeg and share them on facebook or Flickr or whatever
1: right Uh, i know and that. That was never recorded, because that happened in our after show. But Yannick and I, I think it was in the last episode of the... uh, Like, our last recorded episode, or before the hiatus, let's put it this way. We had a long after show, you and I, bitching about the fact that Apple Photos, on iOS only, still doesn't support smart albums. Which is, still to this day, a huge what-the-fuck-not because in theory, the code base is shared and we even haven't played with this during the it is, I should. Uh, but we even discovered that in theory, the Photokit framework should expose them in some yeah. fashion. So why? But But yeah. Uh, because The main reason I bring this up, because on what you said is on the Mac version, I do have a couple of smart albums based on keywords, on photos I've shared on the photo blog that needs a bit of love uh, more recently, or also on Glass. So I was able to kind of keep track of the pictures I've posted there. Uh, and it's kind of half uh, following what you've said of, yes, having a place on the internet you own, but the other half is to say, A, if tomorrow glass dies, for example, I don't need to export anything from it because I know in my current library all the photos I have uploaded there. So I can just, if I want to recreate the photo album somewhere else, like I know which photos to re-upload somewhere else.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Aperture did a good job of tracking that for Flickr and Facebook sharing as well back in the day. Uh, yeah. Like I think when we were talking during that long after show last time, I told you like the only keywords I have in my, uh, in my photos library right now are tags that I used for photos uploaded to Flickr.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, no, yeah, I do have a lot of, st- of that still. So yeah, so it sounds like I'm making good
0: improvement in
1: my uh, photo management. And that's up until... A, a shit ton of pictures showed up. And again, those could be resolved by using likes, not using the all photos features. But then in the recent months, I've been using dedicated cameras to do so. And the Fuji, the Fujifilm camera kind of threw a different wrench into that problem. So if you're not aware, there's a big community on the web uh based on what Fuji calls film simulation. So if you ever use a digital camera, you can tell the, the digital camera to use a different color profile. So it's like it will interpret the colors a bit differently and apply different presets to your big JPEGs. Uh, and say like okay there's maybe the normal profile the vivid profile the black and white profile I main most of the ways that digital camera these days do black and white is just by applying applying a different color profile on it but all of these color profiles in Fujifilm to be reminiscent of analog photography or film photography they're named based on old i say old but on mostly discontinued Fujifilm film stock uh some of them are still produced, so if you're on that side of the camp, uh, you can still buy them. But a lot of them are discontinued and now being kind of having a new life in uh, by being film simulation, that's how they call them, uh, the color profile, into Fujifilm cameras. So in the cameras, you have your film profile, and those are more or less the presets based on... All the shadows and highlights stuff. So again, you can bake in if you want, like plus two stops highlights, plus, uh, minus one highlights, uh, shadows, excuse me, and things like that. And again, people on the web, especially, and I'll put the link in the show notes uh, from X, uh, Fuji X Weekly, the author of this blog post started create recipes which more or less, and again, a lot of them are name, and there's another part of the Fujifilm community that I tend to ignore, but a lot of people are saying, but they're not real film simulation. They don't look like <laughs> Star X. But Let's say they, 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 they did a, a film simulation. It's called Kodak Gold. Uh, it doesn't look like Kodak Gold. It's like, yeah, I get it. You know what? I get it. But it's still fun, so leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> so those are pretty fun because uh i think if you go back and again the x100s is a pretty old camera it's about 10 years old at this point so yes there's maybe less uh recipe created for them but again you could use uh different recipes from newer cameras Uh, and apply them to them the result might not be exactly the same but you then can still use that as your foundation i'm also part of i've discovered some facebook group that that's the goal of the facebook group is people post pictures straight off camera based on those jpeg settings and in theory what this means is you can bake in a style uh you can bake in edits in your JPEG so that you end up with straight off camera JPEGs that, in theory, you shouldn't have to touch, right? So you're making a uh, you're making an artistic decision by applying those, and that's fine. But I kind of thought about it as like, you know what? I want to play with this, but because I might be doing that during like, for example, I did that when my nephew was in town and we were showing him around. We were like going doing activities if the resulting image is not something I like, I kind of want to still to be able to have a decent picture, right? That I can maybe put a more like a different color profile on it or a film simulation. So I started to go back shooting RAW and JPEG.
0: I finally won the battle. I've been trying to convince you to use RAW all this time and finally I got you to switch to RAW.
1: Okay. Um. I know in the past few weeks I've having a lot of yet again aha moment about raw and <laughs> it's not that i didn't want to shoot raw is i think i w- i think it was more that i wanted to go by step i wanted to go back about photography try to be a bit better at photo management yes do a bit of photo editing because you can still do a couple of things in jpegs you cannot recover uh like if you have a uh, Overexposed image. You cannot like pull down your highlights so much so that you can recover them and fix "quote unquote" literal mistakes. Not I shouldn't say "quote unquote" literal mistakes by overexposing the photo in post processing. Yes, I'm totally aware of that, and I've played with it where you see that the highlights are literally like trash when you pull them down because you're using a JPEG, whereas with the Raw, it's not magic. Sometimes when you overexpose too much by accident, you have exposed too much, and uh, by accident, like it's done, it's done, right? That you cannot um, lower the, the the noise from the signal that you capture. Like right? in the end, all of that is just signal you capture, and it might have too much noise in it. But I agree with you. You can do way more with raw.
0: The salvageability range of your photos goes up significantly if you shoot raw
1: agreed, and I had, during this uh, dog talent show, I had a lot of, like, where, again, with cameras, you have to make, you have to make a, you have to make a, a conscience decision, what are you trying to expose for, and you know what, for, uh, cameras don't have the same dynamic range as our eyes, so if you expose, let's say, for the shadows, then your lights might be overblown in the bright daylight, and bright daylight so you can pull them back in raw no i've been and i've been i add multiple like oh my god and, and then <laughs> the, after this oh my god i would literally send you a message online saying like oh my god i saved my highlights because of raw and then you're like i told you so but that's great and i think we had a long discussion saying that if you either jpeg or raw on Apple Photo, I think you're fine. If yes. you're raw JPEG, you're also fine. But my problem came with my usage of it. And the long introduction about film submission meant that I was thinking, and I still am, that my raw should be my backup. Today, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Insectarium here in Montreal. And I used a film simulation, a film recipe that I found online and for certain photos, it looked great. For certain photos, I felt that the color balance, the white balance was a bit too much on the yellow side because I baked it in in the yellow side part of my settings. It was nice to have the backup as a RAW but the main issue I had with Apple Photos is Apple wants it to be magical. So... An Apple, a a JPEG, a RAW plus JPEG is literally considered one, no, one photo, but there are two assets. But because Apple wants to outsmart you, it only shows you the photo that is um this RAW plus JPEG. And in most cases, especially if you're on iOS devices, it will default to the JPEG image. So you can imagine that let's say for this photo i want to make a decision do i use the straight out of camera jpeg which has certain settings or should i want to start from scratch and then apply my own thing on top of the raw and i've discovered that yes it can happen but again especially on iOS, you do have to lie a lot to Apple Photos to make it work. <laughs> you have to use certain apps, and I'll quote one that I have, I've paid for that. In the end, I'm not using it, but I think it's pretty great. Is Raw Power. And if I recall correctly, Raw Power is from one of the uh, X aperture developer. Yeah. And this app is pretty neat because the, the second you give, you give it a, a Raw Plus JPEG, it will always use the Raw. So that's great. But... The problem, and I know this is more edge case-y than what other people will do with Raw Plus JPEG. Raw Plus JPEG, more or less, people will use, like, let's use the JPEG for most cases. If, But even then, even for this, where you would use a more normal color profile, I feel that the second you will fall back on the Raw, you either are stuck on specific iOS apps or you have to go on the Mac because on the Mac and on the Mac only, you can tell Apple Photo, right-click, use RAWs as default. And when you do that, you'll always see the RAW image for this picture. And when you try to export it, then it will render a JPEG out of your RAW. And again, uh, I might be asking too much of Apple Photos, but I kind of want to have a consistent photo management experience throughout the devices. I use a cloud backup. No, I use a cloud-based system for photo management for a reason. It is because one day I'm at home, I'm in front of the computer, I want to do things. Then the next day I'm lazy, I'm on the sofa, I want to do the exact same thing on the iPad. The next day I'm out and seeing my family, which is out of town. I mainly bring my iPad out of town. I'm, I do have a laptop, but I'm, Rarely ever bring it. And I still want to be able to do the exact same quote-unquote processing. And that's kind of where I... I don't want to say discovered, but I realized that if I were to do a lot of RAW plus JPEG, I cannot continue using Apple Photo the way I'm using it right now. Because I want to have the, a clear view on those two assets making this one photo.
0: Yeah, short- shortcuts were, taking, were taken in the user interface, assuming that your raw and your JPEG represent the same thing, but in your particular use case, they represent different things, and there's nowhere in the UI, and especially not across all platforms, to say, hey, these are different things, let me handle them in a different way.
1: Right, but even if they more or less meant the same thing, whereas I'm not using them as a backup of my film simulation... Like, I was thinking about that. Like, I know we had this conversation. The inside said, like, yeah, you know, you had a kind of an edge case scenario. But I was thinking, like, you know, if somebody wants to be RAW plus JPEG, where they can quickly show pictures to friends for a reason and then spend the time to do their processing on the RAWs, you end up at the end of your post-processing treatment with two different pictures. Because you might have make your own style decision on top of your raw that differs what the camera has done but and then i think
0: wouldn't that export a new updated jpeg that it would use as the thumbnail for your shot i
1: think so
0: yeah so the problem but goes i'm <laughs> unsure no
1: but i'm unsure yeah because again
0: yeah. i'm pretty it, sure that's how it works as well
1: I, I think you're correct but i know that on ios it does aggressively use this kind of dynamic preview yeah uh, and it's kind of weird sometimes. But yes, in theory it should render a new It should render a new preview. And even the problem I had sometimes was to say, oh, it rendered a new preview from the RAW because now I modified the RAW, but now if I want to go back to the JPEG, I'm kind of stuck.
0: Yeah. You'd have to like probably do something on the Mac, which is not what you want.
1: <laughs> not all the time yeah and that's the important aspect i guess part of adding what i from some i guess this is the third requirement is i can do photo management the same time no the same way on all my devices which more or less meant ipad and i um and mac os um i don't really do i do photo management on the phone but not really editing and things like that so those those that so yeah, you're correct. But I think you can I think in some more pro rock roles you can end up in the same situation, but you're correct that because of film simulation and backup as Raz, uh you do end up in that solution, I think, a bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's where I went chopping. And Um Two things. <laughs> I missed Aperture. I I I, I Who doesn't? It is kind of weird to me that Apple loves to doubt, and I guess we're going into a tangent about Apple Pro Apps, that Apple is for professionals and blah, 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 but they literally drop a big market they like to promote, which is photographers, uh, and they have no Pro Apps for that. They used to have one, but they no longer have one. Uh, And it seems, again, it's literally me spitballing uh, but it seems that the advent of iCloud Photo was kind of the demise of Aperture, where it, they didn't seem to see uh, a way to kind of Aperture like I Final Cut Pro 10 Aperture, if you see what I mean, where you kind of like flip the whole workflow on its head and tell people that have been doing like video editing for the last 20 years, tell you like, you're doing it wrong. Here's how
0: you should do it. I I think Uh, there's also an element of it, which is this was happening around the same time that, and I know you're going to talk about it, which is why I'm hesitant to talk about it, but uh, the the thing with Lightroom Classic and Lightroom Cloud happened, which is kind of that.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) that's funny you mentioned it because I was literally going there. You cannot go shop for photo management software without ignoring what Adobe is doing and still is, right? I think at this point, you are either a Lightroom person, and we can discuss more about Classic versus Cloud, or you're one of the rare two people out of 100, and I'm sorry, Capture One people, but (laughs) it seems that you're a rarer breed of people. It seems, don't get me wrong, Capture One seems pretty nice. It's now also on the iPad, which seems pretty nice too, but uh, it seems that a lot of people, a lot, A lot of photographers are Adobe folks nowadays. So yeah, I decided that I would pay for Adobe Lightroom CC and see if the grass is greener on the other side. couple of things. I did not migrate all of my 15 years. Yes, since 2007. No, since 2005, but... Like from 2005, 2007, I think there's 100 pictures. So, but let's say 2007. So I didn't migrate 15 years of photos away from Apple Photos. My thinking is to say, from now on, everything that I shoot that is not on the iPhone has to go through Aperture. uh, Lightroom. (laughs) Because, like with Apple Photo, I want to use it on the iPad, on the Mac... I ignored all the grumpy photographers that tells me to use Lightroom Classic and (laughs) I did not use Lightroom Classic. Because, you know what? I know how file system works. I know I don't want to deal with it. So, give me a cloud software. I put it in your software. You put it in your database. You sync it on all my devices. And I'm an happy man. Then, before I I'll explain what I do with it, we have to go in the tangent that the opened. Which is... Why the fuck in 2022, Adobe has two photo management software still
0: <laughs> to it, this day? It, just for context, you came over a couple uh, weeks ago, and yeah. we went on a two-hour walk, and the last hour of it was just bitching about Lightroom.
1: <laughs> yes, yes,
0: I get that
1: Lightroom CC the way it is right now, especially since they launched the iPad app and they launched the iPhone app, and they even have a web app. Oh, for really? For God's sake, yes. Uh, the goal is to have a k- more or less seamless experience, which again, like Apple photos, I'll give you another example, ignoring smart album, which by the way, Lightroom CC does not have smart album whatsoever. Of it
0: doesn't. Oh, okay. That's even worse. <laughs> so
1: so you, you know what? Like I'm not sure what's worse that feature exists on certain platforms or that they don't exist at all on all platforms. At, at least I think. Non-existent feature in all platform, I think, is parity everywhere. Like it's not an mm-hmm. existent. But so one thing I started to use again, smart album, and the other one was to use a keywords. And again, keywords is only available on the Mac. And it's funny because keywords are available on for Lightroom. They are available on all platform, but for iOS devices, the UI where you would just like select all pictures have the sidebar to tell you to put keywords that doesn't exist because on iOS I don't know why I decided to have a specific select mode and in the select mode when you start selecting photos you don't have a sidebar opening to tell you what all the, all the metadata that is consistent between those 100 photos let's say it just allows you to copy preset or paste preset on a shit ton of photos so yeah so again to go back I wanted a consistent a consistent photo management and photo editing experience on iPad and Mac. I'm like eighty five percent there on on Apple photos. i'm eighty five percent there or maybe it's say ninety percent there with Lightroom, but it's not the same eighty five or ninety percent like part of the Venn diagram. like it's still certain software have certain feature on and off. But overall, Lightroom does one thing really well. It gives you all your photos. And photos photo is a photo. You took a raw, you took a JPEG of the same composition in front of you. There are two assets and it shows you the two assets. And that's great. That's one thing I do really enjoy. Um, I've started again to recreate a lot of all the albums. And what I've discovered is Lightroom in the past two months is becoming my staging area. Mm-hmm. I dump everything in it. I've I've paid now for the one terabyte of cloud storage. I use a lot of their flagging, like the the rejected feature, so the flagging feature and also the star feature. And then I would also start, once I'm done with one album, I will then export it back to Apple Photo as kind of like, this is done. And I'm baking all the edits in JPEGs, putting that in Apple Photo and calling it a day.
0: It Again, also uses a lot less iCloud storage because you're only keeping the JPEGs in there.
1: Yes, which means that at some point I might run out of Adobe storage. Yeah. And what I think I'll do is then I'll start going through my rejected photos. Because a yeah, lot yeah. of the rejected photos means usually, right now, they mainly means like out-of-focus pictures mm-hmm. or uh, I photos where there's movement in it, but I didn't want to have movement in it, so it's blurry uh so things like that or like I accidentally triggered the shutter uh, while walking around like dumb mistakes um so to me there's still a difference between the rejected picture or a picture that has a one two star rating. Uh, for that so usually recently what i've done and depending on certain albums like there's 20 pictures so i usually just i for those i use the the rejected flag or the keep flag and then call it today and i think i'm getting in a good groove am i up to date in all the photo editing that i need to do today none at all and that hasn't changed sadly. uh and that's kind of what that's kind of what i realize is I think I have a better workflow now where I do a lot of editing. I think the the editing tools are pretty powerful. I think you could get the same level of power with raw power, with uh, Pixelmator Photo that Yannick enjoys a lot too. Uh, so the extension-based system of Apple Photo allows you to kind of get powerful photo editing tools on the Mac and on the iPad, or on iOS, I should say. So I think at that point, it's more of a, of a UX preference, a UI preference, what you like more. And I don't despise, I don't mind the Adobe software for this. I think they've done it great. I think one feature that I really enjoy, especially for my Fujifilm cameras, is the default color presets that I've mentioned, the film simulation. Adobe, Adobe knows about it. So when you open your RAW, you can say... Either apply the shit ton of... Lit. I'll call them filters, but they are more or less color presets still on the raw that you can apply. But it knows that this picture was taken with the Fujifilm, and it knows which Fujifilm camera, so it knows it knows which film simulation I have available, because, again... Throughout the more recent devices and recent cameras, Fujifilm has added more default film simulation that you can then tweak with the recipe I was talking about. So at least, let's say I've taken a raw picture, just a raw picture, no JPEG, but I wanted to have the uh, the Vivid or the... Is that with Velvia or it's Provia? I forgot. No, Provia is standard. So it's the Vivid is with Velvia. So if I want the Vivid or Velvia, film simulation then i can go just in i can go into the uh, raw preset in adobe and then just select the um the velvia film simulation because those are supported and i've seen a couple of tutorials i've seen a couple of i've watched a couple of videos from just random photographers talking about their setup and it seems that adobe is doing that for a lot of cameras not only Fujifilm. so you could replicate a lot of the nikon camera matching presets by just selecting and applying it in your RAW and not using the, like, uh, Adobe default. I think it's Adobe Color, Adobe Vivid, Adobe Landscape, and all of those. Or even even more that you can download. So, overall, I'm getting used to kind of playing with some of the sliders, the editing interface in Lightroom. I think where I feel that Lightroom is not perfect, and I don't think everything will ever be perfect, but I think way more better than I would have assumed it would be, is that if I wanted to have that, I am forced to go to Classic. And forced to go to Classic literally means you have to do file system based photo management, and I don't want to do that. Like, I grew up literally with database based application. yes, (laughs) Yes, and I know that a lot of them are apple-based let's put it this way but i think okay i'm sure a lot of people will, uh, well, a lot of developer will hate me and i'm a dev and i'm also eating myself thinking just <laughs> thinking that but i think those type of app made it way simpler to go to move to cloud-based products than just having files and file system but that's my opinion because you don't have to deal with the funky stuff people do on the file system when you control the file system where you put it I think it's simpler there. But don't send me feedback about this. I don't want to hear about that. Let me let me believe that, I guess. Is the, what I'm saying.
0: the only allowed feedback is my feedback. And as the developer yes. of Cesura, I can say that I have a database and I let you put your files wherever you want at the same time. And it is a compatible approach, too. <laughs> and iTunes did that, too, as well. You could technically tell it not to manage your files and manage them yourself. And I did that for many, many years. And then I gave up that's true
1: and to to be a bit more kinder to uh lightroom classic i've heard and i i have a bnh event i need to watch or is that no it's in a couple of days sorry i know it's a different one uh, but there supposedly is a way where you can use cc storage with classic but i'm not sure in which fashion. Meaning you should you have to manage files on the file system yourself and then tell the software also upload upload them in CC. So I'm eager to watch this because I guess I might be giving more money to Adobe if that fits more my need. Uh But again, I I think a lot of the tools I start to see is just an extra layer on how to more or less how to say. I have still a lot of albums. To go back to what I'm saying is, I have not, I'm not making, I, I'm trying my best to make more progress where I don't end up sharing photos. And I just did that to Yannick right before recording, sharing photos <laughs> through Lightroom. I don't want Lightroom to be my source of truth in the end for, I, come look at this photos, like, come see this, like, oh, here's, let, let me show you pictures of them my past, I, I don't want it to be that, Lightroom, I want it to be my own sandbox, my own playground, it's for me and me only, uh, so it means that in the end, if I make it, uh, an analogy with film photography, uh, I've read this analogy a lot about how to more or less develop a RAW by applying settings and converting it to a JPEG. It's a develop RAW. I really like, like this comparison. But that's kind of what I'm trying to do is my albums in Lightroom are film rolls. Let's put it this way. They're just unlimited storage. And then I want to develop them into Apple Photos. So that's one they're in Apple Photos. Like, I don't care. Like, I've done that too. Like, I made a mistake in one file. I deleted the whole album from Apple Photo. Like, literally, all album. <laughs> went back in Lightroom, didn't export. It's so easy to do export to your camera wall that I don't need to care. Oh, okay, I've, I've exported this one, but not this one. No, I don't care. I delete the photos from Apple Photo and then I just redevelop them to use my own new verbiage. I redevelop them from Lightroom Reapply them like for Apple Photo. And I know now that I have all these things. For example, I think uh, I've done that because I was missing a couple of keywords. I discovered that the way Lightroom exports, if a keyword photos in it, it exports it in the Exif, I guess, Exif. And then like, uh, Apple Photos is able to read it on the Mac, of course. So I was pretty happy about that, by the way. Uh, but yeah, so I need to kind of use a couple of tools to tell me, like, okay, where am I in this process? So for, like, let's say for an album, am I into the triaging part? Am I into the photo editing part? Or where I am at in the photo editing in this album? Have I only edited three photos out of 20? And I, I need to start at the fourth one. So I've seen a couple of like improvements, a lot of more metadata that you can do in Lightroom Classic that is not really available in Lightroom CC. A good one, for example, that pisses me off so much. One of the basic editing you would do on a raw image is to apply lens correction.
0: Mhm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You have to
1: apply like for example it, I discovered that recently in Classic, you could you could have automatic edits an automatic metadata applying while it imports in the catalog. Super amazing. It makes much, so much sense for a photographer that has to do that in in their day to day job. Like, I don't want to select all, click, apply lens correction. I just want to create an import preset and then boom, it does magic things for me. So again, feature like these does not exist right now in Lightroom CC. So you do have to do it the dumb way. So you take one photo, you apply the lens correction, you paste the the edit parameters in your pasteboard. You select all... No, you copy and then you paste. Sorry, I don't don't know why I'm blanking on copy and paste tonight. But you literally copy from one, you paste on all the other. And on iOS, it's so fun because pasting edits like these is a blocking model. So you have to wait, especially when it's 400 pictures. You might have to wait 20-30 minutes for them to apply on, on your photos on your iPad before you can continue doing anything else. So yeah, there's. A, I realized that even for some basic things that uh, a prosumer, I'll use this word again, that would like to do, those things are not present in CC. Uh, they're more present than on Apple Photos, but they're not as present as I w- assumed they would, which still makes me think, so I was like, why? why Adobe, why do you have two software? why can't you merge them together and not anger everybody in the community? But it seems that their solution to that is to have Classic and CC. But that's that. So in the end, uh, where I have landed on September 8th, which is the day we're recording, Enik and I, uh, I have landed that all photos taken with a camera starts uh, are first imported into lightroom and then once i'm done with them they end up in apple photos if it's a iphone photo it stays in apple photo uh because i am not there yet meaning i haven't explored any of the raw functionality of iphones yes like these days i'm more focused on camera photography like with dedicated devices uh i'm not putting an x on iPhone photography whatsoever like not at all it's just that right now my focus is there so uh, I'll see what I do once I want to maybe uh, incorporate that into the photo management but right now I know uh, we went on a campaign trick for example uh, this summer it was a couple of days so I had a couple of digital camera photos and also had a couple of iPhone photos so when I created the album uh, I put the iPhone photo in the album maybe you Usually because with iPhone photos, you don't really have to do anything on them, but I digress. Uh, And then once the other part was finished in Lightroom, they ended up being imported in the same album. So I think for a lot of the iPhone photography, that's what will happen. Uh, Worst case scenario, Lightroom CC can import from... Uh, camera roll and then back you could export it back so i could look into what i would do for this so maybe import from camera roll delete in camera roll and then uh, once it's developed in my photo management in lightroom i re-export to follow so the, the real image in the end ends up uh, dingling in lightroom but i guess uh, that might be for follow-up for later so yeah uh any other comments about management, what I've done, where I am in my journey. Uh, I think that more or less wraps up for this part before we conclude quickly on the what's coming next.
0: Yeah, I think it tracks pretty much with what I expected after I told you that that's more or less how micro Armit operates his stuff uh, nowadays. Right. And you said it sort of fit into how you, you perceive things should work as well. So it was maybe like a little boost to say, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs>
1: yeah and i think and i think that's maybe not with cc but uh maybe with cc uh not with cc excuse me but i think in the end a lot of photographer that's what they'll end up with because i can imagine that you you will do a lot on your the computers and i use i wanted to use the word pc because i don't want to imply that you do pc but on the on desktops and laptops, let's put it this way. So uh, not on iOS devices. That's what I'm trying to push away. Is not desktop and lap, uh not the iOS devices. So I can imagine that they would do a lot like of that work there. But what will happen with your maybe more personal photos? So I'm kind of like... I'm still part of that journey, like trying to see what a lot of different people do. Uh, that's where I've settled for now. Uh, and I think it's doing good. I think the best thing I can tell you is I have a, a thousand photo album of a firework I've attended. And I have imported none of those photos because <laughs> I then really regretted my decision. So they are all in Lightroom and none in Apple Photo and I feel fine. Like I don't have the sense that my Apple Photo is now polluted of these photos but I still dread cleaning like deleting them. I guess that's for another day talking about deleting photos but at least I have a playground where they can take space, they can cost me money because I play for cloud storage that so I might not need as big as it is right now uh, but that's a funny story for another moment um, and you know I, I can count this, uh, this story, okay so uh, Adobe is bad I think that's obvious yes. for a lot of people it's I will also add that for other people it's also obvious that Adobe DRM is bad. Uh so Especially TLDR. When I decided to try Lightroom, I bought it on the iPad. So I bought my subscription through the App Store on the iPad. And I had the typical like seven days period uh demo period so i installed it on the mac and i saw it on the phone and it works everywhere and i'm like i go in my adobe account and it says oh it's adobe mobile but okay it's adobe mobile i guess it's because i bought it through apple until i ended up starting to using it at day eight and day nine and day 10 and then the mac version says oh you haven't bought adobe lightroom cc please subscribe and i'm like i did subscribe what the fuck Yeah, it's not clear that much, but the subscription plan that is only available in the App Store on iOS that is not visible, uh, on Adobe's website. So you want to pay Adobe that price, which was, I think, 75, 65 Canadian dollars per year to get, I think, 100 gigs of storage plus access to Adobe Lightroom CC mobile. Uh, the mobile is important here. Like that plan only exists when you subscribe to Apple, the Apple App Store. That's it. So I had my first experience of asking for a refund on the App Store, which worked totally fine. Uh, and then I'm paying for more and I'm paying for more storage because the only plan available on f- to have access to both iPhone, iPadOS and the Mac version is mainly available either without storage or with storage, but it's the one terabyte plan. So it's I think it's twice the price. I think it's one hundred and fifty dollars per year. Uh, so yeah. So then it was fun to chat with the Adobe support team, uh, being told, "Oh yeah, you managed Trappol, so you should cancel Traple and then you can pay us again to do uh, to, uh, subscribe you to the right plan because if you have subscribed to us, we could have fixed that to you already." I'm like, okay. So yeah, so the LDR, I guess you should subscribe through Adobe if you want to quickly and easily switch plans throughout your uh, uh, billing period because the App Store version is not so great for that and also the demo period is also uh, not clear. I think it gives you more rights that you should have. It doesn't look at the plans you have, which was really... uh, problematic for me because I assumed I had the back version with the price I was paying and I did not
0: it's very misleading yeah yes
1: thank you that was the word I was looking
0: for misleading
1: so that wraps up my uh follow management journey and the dread around it and I think I think overall I, I still feel some in certain areas but Overall, I think I feel less dread overall for this. I just, I think at this point, is I just need to spend more time making sure I do that. But again, through a lot of the photographers I met through my activities, it seems to be a common problem of everybody. Everybody yeah. has no time to edit the photos, which I think should not should force me, but make me think about the number of photos I take uh, to be careful when I take pictures. Uh, with the with camera, one thing I really enjoy with the X100 series of cameras is maybe more the more recent model is better. But Fuji is not the king into autofocus speed, and using this camera in manual focus slows me down greatly, and that's a benefit, not a downside. Uh, might be problematic for other techniques, but hey people didn't have like 10 fps when they were doing film photography for like action photos so people had techniques to make sure that when they would take one shot and it's of a uh, uh, at the racetrack of a car or it's a bird that they would have results and not rely just on autofocus so uh that part uh, is slowing me down and the other part I'm looking at to part of my art Part of my composition skills too is to you know what not take three thousand pictures of a similar area. like really take the time to see what captures me what I don't want to I'll say this way what what makes me emotional about something I see what like intrigues me in a scene and try to build an interesting composition with it and lower the number of pictures so I think. In general, uh, certain themed activities I've done that forces you to create a lot of files. I think astrophotography is good for that, for stacking purposes. I think the action-based team, like canine activities, so the dog talent show was great, was fun, but having to manage, like to triage like seven hundred pictures is not what I want to do on a Sunday night. Uh, trying to relax from my week off like that's not the part that yeah that i still really greatly enjoy uh in photography so i kind of want to focus into that into the uh, former part that's just one of the focus on the former part not the latter part
0: yeah one one thing i would recommend is if you are overwhelmed by the amount of photos you've imported uh do what i do which is just like select up to 24 that you consider to be the best and just process those first and especially if you want to share photos in the moment you can just have something quickly Mm -hmm. and then you can always go back and do the other ones but i think like that's usually the trick that i've done is like from a day of shooting i'll just take the 24 best ones and put something together quickly and then just having that as a baseline means that well at least i have the best ones
1: right can i ask where you came out with the twenty-four, like where did the twenty-four pictures, like the number itself, came out? I off. just
0: assumed. I just took it from film.
1: Okay, okay, that's why I, I assumed you 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 did. Like yeah, like, yeah. twenty-four, thirty-six. Okay, let's park that thought for a sec. But what's coming next? I think one of the great things, like what's coming next in my photographic journey. So like we are parking aside the photo management. I think what's on that front. What's coming next is I think. I'll end up shooting more photos. So I'll challenge my new current process and see how it scales with what's coming in the future. So expect more photo management talk in the future. Uh In the part where I want to enjoy my photography more, I want to enjoy what I'm shooting, not stuck on my phone. Uh I've yet to done that, but I really want to get into printing. And here I don't mean printing myself. I mean, just printing in general. Uh, so I think I've mentioned that in a previous, previous episode, but maybe not.
0: But I think so. In,
1: yeah, I think it's in the first one, but not in the last one, because I would have taken note of it. But the idea is I've really enjoyed the next step of using the favorites as a screensaver, but I want to have a physical screensaver. So exposing photos that you've taken from your trips from your great moments uh with time with family and friends is something i am looking to do Uh, again the major downside with this is that's costly let's put it this way uh even if you're doing just four by six uh, or even if you're doing small format is what i'm trying to say here it's still is not zero dollars, like just showing it on a screen that you already have at home. But again, I think a lot of what I've been enjoying in photography in the past year, even if I'm doing digital photography, is the physical aspect of photography, like going out, playing with the hardware, trying different position, like different, like, okay, I'm on my tripod, different composition, things like that. And I'm less enjoying the more like, Computer, we part because it reminds me of work, kind of. Um, so I think printing will be yet another physical aspect of that. And it's funny that Nick mentioned twenty four photos because <laughs> I've started to do film photography too. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of the where I want to go next. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, and I think my. Um, my goal of doing some film photography is to explore that part of photography that is still thriving, even if it is, but it isn't. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, if I guess if you're in film photography and you right now, you know, how hard it is to get some color film stocks, uh, for example, uh, but, I have that on top of my mind because literally today I grabbed my first role from the film lab and I was f- freaking the fuck out even if the <laughs> photos were not so great but it was really fun to have the negative and then having the digital scans uh, because again even if you're doing film photography you still need to share them with friends uh, and ending up scanning them is also a part of that so I'm really eager to continue exploring that right now I just have a shitty like. I, I say it's a one-time use camera, but it's a one-time use, reusable camera. So it's as shitty, plasticky as a one-time use <laughs> film camera. But you can literally swap in the film in it. I'm trying, trying to resist the temptation of buying a film camera. But I think Yannick mentioned, asked me an important question last week, which was, Are you going to film because you feel you feel content with what you have in the digital world? And I think it's a yes and no. Uh, I think even if I kind of would like to have newer cameras, I think especially possibly modernizing, having a newer version of the X100 series would bring me a lot of features that sometimes I would enjoy. Uh, Again, somebody might say, why? Like... It would be nice when the ma- camera manufacturer would just do firmware updates to bring you those features, but no need to buy a new camera because they always sell cameras, not firmwares. Yeah, I know. But uh, on that, but I think overall, um, I don't feel too much. Again, I'm a nerd. I love gadgets. Mm-hmm. I would like to have a new gadget. Me and too. Yannick and I are talking a lot about that privately, but I think overall, I do really enjoy the tactile aspect of photography and even more in film photography it was so weird and i want to make like this is just a one-liner like and uh, we can i'm sure sooner or later we'll have a full episode on my journey through film photography but uh it was kind of surreal today to literally look at the piece of quote-unquote paper with chemicals on it that was showing pictures uh (laughs) uh, yeah again uh i know i'm not and again i are somewhat youngish uh we're kind of in in between where we would have experienced film photography but my personal recollection is uh i might have like old and took pictures with uh one-time use cameras but i don't think it was conscientious i think i was like young enough or either either that or i I didn't care at that time, so I don't have that much important memories attached to that. So that's why I consider it like this is my first 36 exposure film that I've shot ever. Because if I did in the past, I don't remember about it. And I think it was not that important compared to today. Even if it might be just random photos, uh, it's kind of part through the journey. So I'm pretty excited about this. Um... And yeah, so we'll see where we end up with this. Uh, I've I mentioned the possibility of having some old men, old to you, Yannick. And Yannick, you were uh, pretty happy for me. So uh, we'll see if that uh, ever happens. Uh, but yeah, on that front, on the hardware front, I think that's where in the coming months, maybe uh, more money will be spent uh, because I came back from the lab. I. You have to pay to develop film, you know? Even if you do it yourself, you still have to pay for chemicals and things like that. So uh, that's a a new interesting aspect of photography. And I also bought a random film that, like, I asked... So I went to the lab. Okay, I told you at the beginning of the episode there will be a lot of tangents because it's me. But so I went to the lab. And I know this lab sells stocks. I am like, hey, do you have any color stocks for 35 millimeters? And the lady looks at me like... And uh, no it's like really like what do you want it's like i was expecting like, oh, to just try got a gold something like that it's like oh no i don't really have that so she's like oh but i have just this and that's what's remaining it's kind of like some weird like there's a big trend right now where they reuse film for like cinema film yeah. But they modify it to because I've learned that the film you put in a 35mm camera is not exactly the same as when you put it in a 35 like in a a photo camera. Uh, There's a couple of layers that's not needed for uh, film cameras, but it's related for video cameras because of the travel speed of the film to protect it. So they usually remove that layer because it makes it easier for processing. uh, And then the... It in 35 milliliter canister, so that's what she had to offer. Uh, But it was uh, $20 just for the film, (laughs) and it's not developed. So, which just put it in perspective like, I bought three rolls of Fujifilm Superior 400 for $30 recently at Walmart, and now one film was $21. So, yeah, it was not cheap. So uh, we shall see. But uh, right now uh, even with the shica- the shitty, like reusable like one time use camera which has like a, plax- a plastic lens it was so fun to have that. <laughs> so uh so yeah, so that's where this part is going. Uh but on the more uh, to go back at the beginning, I want to do more activities. I want to go out shoot more often. I was really proud of you, Yannick, when you told me, I think it was last week or this week, that you just went out on a walk and brought a camera and then came yeah. back with... I think you posted them on Instagram too. So I did, you fo- yeah. So if you follow Yannick on Instagram, uh, you would see those photos and they were amazing. I don't know if it's the only two, two photos you took or if it was eighty the, two, uh, the, two, the best two out of 80. I don't care. They were great.
0: I took so- more except I didn't want to dox myself too hard. So yeah, since fair, they were fair. in the neighborhood, so uh, yeah. Fair, fair,
1: yeah. Um, so, nope, so I, ex- I want to do more of that, too. Like, I've mentioned that a lot of them are activities through a photo store, so I know they're paid activities, uh, so I still want to do so, continue doing that, but also do more of that. Again, uh, I'm sure you- and Nick will be interested, I'm putting you on the spot again, uh, but next time we're in town do another like photo walk like we have did together a couple of weeks a couple of months ago especially Uh, since
0: i'm gonna have another camera this time
1: (laughs) yeah yeah maybe i should uh, let you the mic for a sec talk about that quick camera since you have a couple of updates
0: yeah so um spoilers uh, sony didn't release a new camera um (laughs) surprising uh, absolutely no one uh yeah exactly I assumed some
1: listeners like, oh, Yannick bought a full-frame Sony camera, but no.
0: God, I wish. Um, But no, uh, instead, I actually ended up buying a uh, Canon Digital Ixa 700 which is the UK name or the European name for uh, a a Canon Digital Elf. I think it was SD500 in North America or something like that. Like, unfortunately, with these lines, Ixis, Ixi Digital, and Digital Elf are the international names for all of these cameras, but they all use different numbering, so you can't actually refer (laughs) to them in a consistent way. It's infuriating. Um, It's a 2005 uh, 7.1 megapixel compact digital camera. And I don't know, I I saw this seems to be the next film, the next trend in uh, trendy photography circles is like people are getting real excited about CCD sensors and old digital cameras again because they feel like it It gets more personality through like film photography, which I sort of agree with. Uh, so I don't know. I I was just like, I, I wanted a new toy and uh, I got a new old toy and uh, I'm going to be playing with that hopefully tomorrow because it's in Montreal right now.
1: Ooh, okay, that's... That's fun. No, I'm. I I know what you're talking about, and I think that's kind of this, the same resurgence vibe that I think point and shoot film camera is having. Not recently, but let's say in the past four or five years. Yeah. uh, Where, shit, enough people just want to buy a point and shoot film camera, put some film, and just go have fun. So, and I think a lot of those digital point and shoot. Uh, are still allowing you to have so i think what we should do because my parents found one of my not the first one but my second digital camera that you've <laughs> seen when we were in high school so
0: maybe we could. I don't do even that. remember oh it was a uh, power yeah. like mine i think it was just it will... higher higher yeah. megapixels than mine i think
1: where is it let me look okay that makes for bad podcasting so <laughs> there you go you hear me off mic trying to find things around my desk so it's a canon uh, power shot a7 uh, 570 is because it is image stabilized from the lens i think
0: i think i had the non-image stabilized and slightly lower megapixel version of your camera
1: yeah because it has a whopping 7.1 megapixels my friend
0: yeah I think I had a 5.3 megapixel model. Yes. It's the one I got before going to Switzerland in 2006.
1: Right, right, right. right. I remember this one. Yes, so um, I think I think we found the team for our next photo outing.
0: Cool. Uh, we're just going to need cool shit to take photos of, and uh, hopefully the cold of winter won't kill our batteries real quick. Yeah,
1: and it's funny that you mentioned it could be during the, the fall season, too. Uh, because That's true. for So, Usually, as I don't think I've mentioned this, but no, I think I've mentioned this multiple times in this podcast. But I'm not a winter person, unlike Yannick. Mm. But this year, I told Tony, usually I'm a, I'm an okay fall person because I utterly enjoy the food that can be made in the fall season here. A lot of soups and like vegetable based uh, food and Halloween. I love Halloween, I love pumpkin. I love my Pumpkin Sky Spice Latte too, things like that. So now, one thing I can add regarding enjoying uh, the fall season is the colors. Take amazing pictures of the colors. So maybe that's what we'll do. Taking photos of food too. That's good too. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, uh, that more or less wraps it up. The third update for this year on my photography journey. This one, as you've just listened to is was more focused on follow management i think we've been teasing a photo management episode for the last two years three years at this point it's been a while since we talk about photo management so i hope you enjoyed uh, my journey through that the up the updates the changes in my workflow that i've made uh, and i'll keep you all posted how it goes uh, and i'm sure in the coming months we'll also have another update on where i am at with photography
0: and maybe an update for me too. Who knows?
1: <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Are you teasing a new camera?
0: Well, uh, not another new camera.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you were teasing yet another new camera. Well,
0: if Sony announces one, maybe, but you know that's not going to happen. <sighs> yeah, you know, okay. Uh,
1: we'll end on this because I'm sure I'll we'll stop recording. I'll tell you the same thing. I think at this point, you should just buy a useful frame. <sighs>
0: I just want a new APS-Z flagship, man.
1: I know, but I, I think you would be best deserved with like a A7-2 or A7-3. I think you can get
0: those for pretty cheap money these days. Uh, and I, I don't yeah. think we have the same definition of pretty cheap money, but at the same time... Uh, Okay, I did.
1: Okay, I was saying sub a thousand dollars. So maybe they're not there yet. And I have a big, uh, a bit optimistic, but even an a7 II would be like years ahead to what you currently have. So I I guess all of what I'm saying is these days, I'm really like, if uh, to go back to what you were asking me about digital cameras, like even if I were to buy something new, I don't think I would buy something new. I would buy something new to me. So I would do maybe a like five, seven year jump, but knowing that both my cameras are like. Ten and thirteen years old, a five-year jump is still a big improvement in mirrorless cameras these days. Even if it's not like I got the latest and nicest Sony camera or Fujifilm camera, so that's kind of what I had in back of my mind. Like I'm pretty well into the let my next digital camera will be used. So
0: just stopping. Uh, I don't think I'm there yet. I I think I I know too much about the flaws of the older cameras that I don't want them. Mm. But anyway, I don't want to make this all about me. Let's end the episode. So uh, you can find the show notes for this episode at limplesspossibility.net slash 188, or you can find our full back catalog at limitlesspossibility.net. You can also find the podcast on Twitter. We are at Limipo underscore podcast. That's L I M I P O underscore podcast. Or you can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Sakarina, that's S A K U R I N A, which is also my Instagram handle if you want to go see those two pics I took. Or you can find Duke at Luconost, L U C C
1: O N O U C H E. And that's also my IG handle. Uh, so you can also find there uh, some pictures. Uh, I think it's also the same thing on Glass. I'll put the link there and also, yet again, put the link to my web blog, uh, which my photo blogged, I should say. Yeah. And we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks.